And I think just like a lot of people in my generation and even in your generation, we get into this rat race, monotony, pressing repeat thing every day. I don't like it. I can't stand it. The universe has a funny way of doing things when you are intentional about it. It's not that real estate was the answer. It's just that it was the thing that was presented to me at a time where I was willing to accept it. I was entrepreneurially depressed. I didn't realize it at the time. I was pushing so hard for a certain goal. Uh, I feel like I almost broke myself. I don't think there's work-life balance. I don't think it exists. People who are driven and have a purpose, they just go. I executed on my purpose. It makes, even talking about it is making me, uh, oof. even talking about it makes me emotional. He is perhaps one of the most amazing humans that I have had the pleasure of spending an hour with. Maurice has worked a nine-to-five job as a high-level executive, served in the military, built a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, became a police officer in his local community, and is a father to his two kids. But here's the kicker. He did all of those things simultaneously. What makes Maurice so incredible, though, is not how many hats he wore, but why he pursued them all at the same time. He found a purpose in each of those endeavors that ultimately added up to creating his freedom lifestyle. In this episode, Maurice talks about the importance of living a purpose-driven life, what stops people from getting started on their dreams, and how to overcome it, and how to build a life that you won't need a vacation from. So without further ado, my name is Dan Russo, and this is Grow, the podcast where each week we bring on entrepreneurs, creators, and other inspiring guests to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Maurice, thank you so much for being on this morning. How are you? Of course, man. Happy day, brother. Oh, I love that. I love that. You brought such an energy uh, as we were kind of chatting pre-show. And um, I just want to start here. Where does that energy come from? Purpose. Uh, I, I now understand it to be purpose. I am very purposeful when I wake up. I'm very purposeful about um, you and I connected. I have a mission to help people. Uh, it's Saturday. And I get an I, I, I have an opportunity to talk to people through you about things that I think can help, right? Just like when I was a cop, I had an opportunity to go out and do good things for people. Just like on my business hustle, we have an opportunity to wake up every day. If you got some purpose to go after, then you, you wake up with energy, bro. So as soon as I saw your message, I'm like, oh, I got to go. I got to go see my man there. <laughs> That's where it comes from. I love that. I love that. And... What's your like? What's your definition of purpose? Like, do you and and how and how how did you find yours? Like in your early years, what? Uh, how, how do you believe that? Um, you know, you found yours. My definition of purpose is executing on what you were intended to be in this lifetime. When you figure that out, there's some kind of vibration that happens with you every day. 
You get up with energy. You're willing to stay up 18 hours if you have to. You'll push through things. And you feel like you're not just existing, that you are actually thriving. You know, That's purpose to me. I figured out my purpose a bunch of ways, uh, or excuse me, with a bunch of things that have happened over the past two decades. A huge catalyst for it was reading the book uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And so I know now that I have three purposes. The first purpose is I need to be in love. I mean, with my family, with my kids, with friends who I'm deeply tied to. That matters to me. Nobody wants to be on this planet by themselves. That sucks. The second thing is I want to be loved by a community. If I'm loved by a community, what that means is I've done something good for them. So when I became a police officer, and that was never for the money, and I'm sure we'll get into it, that was just because I wanted to do something significant in the community that I lived in, even though I was in the corporate world, so I worked the, the two full-time jobs. Um, when I was in the military overseas, I felt something because I was giving something to local community. When I do my philanthropy work in Lebanon right now, a lot of people are aware of my presence because I've done something good for them. So being loved by a community is a purpose, and the third purpose is constant learning. I am 46 now, uh, and I think just like a lot of people in my generation and even in your generation, we get into this rat race, monotony, pressing repeat thing every day. I don't like it. I can't stand it. When you and I were in grade school, high school, college, it was always new. There was something new to do, something new to see, a new person to meet. You were learning a new topic, a new thing, a new failure. And now we're just pressing repeat. I can't do that. So my thing, my third purpose is constant learning. One of the ways I do it is by starting businesses, by traveling to different countries and immersing in culture. I've been to almost 100, over 300 times. Wow. You want to be somewhere where you are in a beginner's mindset. So those are my three purposes, being in love, being loved by a community, and constant learning. You know, you have such a refreshing perspective on... I can already tell on purpose, on life. Um, I'm curious, where did that start for you? And, you know, how was it? Was there any event as a, as a kid or in your childhood that kind of impacted you, um, you know, to become the person you are today that really sticks out in your head? Yes, there was one. Two, two, there was one while I was a kid and one while I was starting to be an adult. Ow. I'm just and I got my nine-year-old behind me, uh, <laughs> slow crawling on the floor to get a toy. Um... <laughs> When I was 15 years old, you can get it, buddy. I love you, kiddo. When I was 15 years old, my dad sent me to France to spend time um, with an exchange student who had spent time with me the previous year. Okay? That's cool. Uh, when I got there, his dad told us to get in his Range Rover, and he proceeded to drive us around the country for 30 days in that Range Rover. This is 1990. Brother, I was a, a inner city kid from Boston, Haitian immigrant. Like, all I knew was running the streets and all that type of stuff. French girls, French castles, French food, French wine, French language. Smoke a little bit of weed. Go to French Boy Scouts. It was crazy. But here's what it did. It, it showed me that the world was bigger than Boston. Mm. And the world was bigger than what I thought was the image of success, which is back then was rap videos and stuff like that on MTV. Yeah. That changed me, man. And that is why I travel so much to this day. The other piece that got me to this mindset, I guess, which was a seed for this mindset was when I was 21, I did fairly well in college. I 
got a job with a consulting firm. I love them for what they gave me. I really do. I stayed with them for 25 years. I just retired last year. Mm. I really appreciate my journey there. But I didn't like the idea of sitting behind a desk my whole life. The trip to Paris catalyzed that. And it manifested in me buying a piece of real estate to live in. I was like, oh, man. And it was at the beginning of a boom cycle. I made some money in three months. It was like 30 grand. My father explained the concept of equity. There was no Google back then. So I went to a library. I just started reading books, man. And I was like, what? What? I can... You're telling me I can make someone's salary in a transaction? I figured that out. Started doing real estate stuff. And personal growth along the way led me towards what I call freedom principles and personal development. And the realization that success is not sitting in a corner office with a title. If you don't want it to be. There's nothing wrong with it because we need that as well for certain people. But I was never focused. When, I, when, when my mindset shifted away from the typical journey, that's when this uh, kind of energy around whatever you want to be, you can be it, um, showed up, and I've never let it go since. It's, you know, it's 25 years and running now. That's incredible. I mean, those two instances of you really, um, you know, traveling to France and then obviously also kind of getting this job after school and feeling as though you were... I don't want to say trapped in a way, but like, you know, you, you saw yourself, you saw the path that you were going down yep, I saw um, it. and, um, you know, you didn't like it and you wanted to figure out a way to, I guess, you know, kind of not have to, you know, sit in that corner office, as you mentioned, for years and years. Um, right. You feel as though it was like almost like a happy coincidence that you found real estate or do you believe that you would have found something to, you know, catalyze that, that, um, you know, financial freedom uh, do you think you would have kept looking for it? The universe has a funny way of doing things when you are intentional about it. It's not that real estate was the answer. It's just that it was the thing that was presented to me at a time where I was willing to accept it. That's right. all it was. Because it wasn't just about, I mean, it wasn't just a real estate thing. I, yep, I, so I grew a very large real estate portfolio over the past two decades, and I'm doing apartment buildings now, but I started with simple condos. Um, but I tried out for the NFL. One of the reasons I went to University of Virginia and left behind a scholarship to go to the Naval Academy was because I just wanted to play football with the big boys, right? Navy's great, too. I mean, they have a great program. But I wanted to play football at University of Virginia. So I just went down there. I walked on the team, and I, and I made the team. Uh, I wanted to do something in the military, so I found a way to be a federal agent. Um, I did not want to just stay in the United States, so I volunteered for assignments that were overseas so I could, based on that trip to France, so I could experience more places. I always had this thing of, nah, man, you don't, you don't have to do it the way people are telling you. In fact, there, I post about it sometimes on LinkedIn. There was a particular person in my company. I never crap on anybody, but this one guy I will. Um, his first name, his first name <laughs> was Mark. really pissed you off. F him. F him because he 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 tried to break me as a young professional. He he suggested to me that my desire to work for and within my company overseas was a mistake because I would not be focusing on climbing the ladder in DC. 
and he made me feel like what I was doing, my perspective was wrong. And one last thing, I was in the National Guard at the time, and I was supposed to get promoted to a rank within my company called manager. I was a consultant, so the next step was manager. Right. And he, I didn't get promoted. And the reason he told me I didn't get promoted was not because of my work ethic or my work itself. It was because there was a perception of, around me that I was always gone because I would always talk about military life. Because I would do my military service on the weekends or I would be overseas deployed. Or It's like, man, well, you're never here. I'm like, This is where I don't want someone controlling my time, my lifestyle, or anything of that nature. So... Um, it wasn't one particular thing. Real estate just happened to show up and I grabbed on it. And, you know, success is when luck meets preparation. I, mentally, I was ready. I was saving a lot of money. And then I had the balls, if you will, to not be scared. I'm one of those guys who just, I just do and course correct along the way. I could read one book on a topic and go start building something. I don't... Right. I'll make a mistake. I know it. But I, I'm just not the guy to take three years to figure it out. I just run right at it. And real estate was a thing that was presented to me. That's incredible. And I love the mentality of just when you come across something, you dive in on it, you go all in. You obviously mm -hmm. do your homework, right? You said that you went to the library, you started reading books. And then once that realization point came that you could make someone's salary in a single transaction or over the course of passive income, um, you dove in. So That's I'm right. curious, real estate is such a big word and a big concept yeah. to people and it makes them it makes them afraid right it makes it, it makes you know me afraid right when i think about it um how would you tell someone to you know begin to dive in in real estate is it just you know doing your homework and then starting um or is has the game changed a little bit especially now with the way that this market is um you know maybe you could even just talk about a little bit about how you started I, let me be clear about something. So where, where I am on my real estate journey, I went 2002 to 2015. It was all single-family homes. I got up to 35. I used my job plus the passive income to pay off 18 of them. Okay, so that was, that was through 2014. I shifted in 2015 towards multifamily, and, now, and then I started a company in 2019 with four partners, and now I, it's called Quattro Capital, and now we buy apartment complexes all over the U.S., and then I'm doing real estate development in the Mediterranean now. It is all fundamentally the same, and there is no shine on it, meaning it's not impressive to me at all, none of it. What, what people need to understand about real estate or any other asset, it's just a tool. It is just a tool for life. So I don't care. Like I coach people now, and I have, let's say, one person who is buying threeplexes, okay, triplexes, house hacking, living in one, renting out the other two, using an FHA loan, which is a 3% down loan from the federal government, because you can do that because it's considered a primary home, but you can do it once a year. So she's buying one a year for five years, and that will get her to 10 grand of passive income a month. She's a police officer. She sees the writing on the wall. She's exhausted. Being a police officer is very difficult right now. She's exhausted. Mm -hmm. So she's creating a pension for herself. It's a tool. Just like fluid dynamics, physics, algebra, calculus, social studies, and science in school, you pick up a book and you learn how to do it and you go do it. You didn't know how to do a podcast five years no, ago. No. You figured it out. I don't know why people, uh, I see it a lot. 
people create in their mind that it's some insurmountable thing. What makes you or anybody else different than my little immigrant self who grew up in Boston? The only difference is I took the opportunity to do self-education. That's it. Told you, I went to the library. Yeah. And I just started working on it. So I, I, I love how you say that, like, uh, you know, is there, there's no high barrier for entry. I, when people reach out to me on LinkedIn, they're like, man, I don't have money to do it, then save it. Well, I don't have a great job, then partner with someone. Well, I don't know what I'm doing, then go to the library. Well, I don't like to read books, then go on YouTube. Stop making excuses for what you do and don't want to do. Don't get me wrong. I understand that there are challenges in life, and my family had plenty of them coming from Haiti, um, and I still have plenty of them today. But this notion that we will not self-educate ourselves on how to create a dynamic for our family, our legacy, our future, our freedom, it's ridiculous. Um, one last thing. What are we in? Internet 3.0 now? So I grew up in Internet 1.0 and 2.0. The, barrier, the barriers of entry for doing anything, including real estate, are pretty much zero at this point because information is everywhere. You want to do something? Just find someone who has done it and copy them. That's it. I copy people, right? Um, so that's what I would tell people. You have no excuse, right? And if, if, and if you have no money, I understand that too, then save it. If you have a minimum wage job, then save it over 10 years. If you have a, a hard time, find someone to partner with. If you have a really hard time, provide value to somebody else who's doing it and see if they'll put you on their team or, or something else later. So that's kind of my... I push people when they tell me, oh, this stuff is hard. Well, you're, you're making it hard. Algebra was hard too, but you found a way to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. I love this mindset that you have because it's very clear that you come with like an abundance mindset, right? Man. Um, of trying to say, you know, okay, like one door is closed, but then all these other doors are opened, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I can figure out how to get this door unlocked that is closed. Um, mm -hmm. And everything is figure outable <laughs> with you. It, 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 it is. And um, let me just say one more thing. I, I ran into um, a video from Steve Jobs. It was a mashup of Steve Jobs and Kanye West, actually. But I found the, the, the original. It was Steve Jobs talking somewhere in 2011. I posted on it yesterday. And he said, I love it. He said that <clears throat> the world starts to change for you when you... Re so when we grow up, we, were, we tend to be told how the world is. And that Dan and Mo have to exist in that world as it is. That's what we're told, right? Until you realize that the world... All the rules and all the things in the world were made up by people no smarter than you and I. Mm. It's just a system that was created over the past few centuries that you and I happen to be born in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now we are existing in it. Once you realize that fact, that the world was made up by people no smarter than you and I, then you start to realize you can influence it. You can create something that people will pay for. You can take a paycheck and buy assets. You can not do anything financially and be a digital nomad if you want. You can, instead of being a lawyer in a corporate office in New York making a half million dollars a year, half million dollars a year, you can be an immigrant's rights attorney for 60 grand and be the happiest person on this world because you're executing on your purpose. Where and where along the lines did we go wrong and start to think that we have to exist in a, in a manner just because we are told to. I'm not talking about breaking the law. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about right. 
creating a lifestyle you don't need a vacation from, as I told you before, mm. that's the type of stuff that's really um, important. That's, that's why mindset and personal development are so key. I'm so excited to get into your freedom principles. But yeah. before we do, I want to go back for a second and ask, what do you think is the thing that stops people from starting? Right. We talked about like all, you know, all these, you know, I don't want to say all these people, right? Because I think everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. is starting at some point in their lives. But what do you think is that thing that that initial thing that blocks people from just taking that first step and then maybe taking this another step after that? Because I found in my journey with this podcast that it wasn't just like once, you know, it's not like one day I launched it and then everything fell into place. Yeah. It's yeah. about taking, putting one foot in front of the other. Um, you know, it took me several months before I even recorded a single episode or, or you know, got rather uh, launched a single episode. It was a lot of background work that goes into this. And even still, right, we're up, you know, 9 a.m. on a Saturday recording this. Um, yeah. Work a full-time job, you know, and this is something that I do on the side. I love it. Um, and that's why I continue to do it. But there's, you know, there, it's like an uphill battle sometimes, you know. I was up till, you know, 1 a.m. the other night editing an episode and, you know, getting it ready for, um, you know, launched for this coming week. So, anyway, um, I think there's a lot of, what, what do you think that thing is that people, uh, that's stopping people? Three things. One, your parents. Because I love my mom and my dad, but your, your first understanding and beliefs of the world come from your parental system. So, parents are the first problem. We need them, but we are not existing in the generation which they grew up in. We can learn from their experiences, but if they place on you uh, boundaries based on their growing up, you're not going to get out of them. So, I understand my kid is growing up in a different time than me. I never grew up on computers and stuff like that. He needs to because we, I, it's, it's, a, it's just a different time. So the first thing to me is parents, and I mean that in a positive way, not, not that parents are bad. The yeah. second thing are peers. Damn, friends and people at the office and you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that because, nah, man, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You, you don't, don't, don't do it. Just like that dude Mark I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever the F I want to do. But unfortunately, because we live in a society, as we should, we tend to look around at what everybody else is doing and start a belief system that because they are doing it, that is a measure of success. They're in corporate, I should be in corporate. They're a police officer, I should be a police officer. Peers is a problem. And then thirdly, limiting beliefs. When I flipped from single family to multifamily, I did hire a mentor uh, in the multifamily space, so for, for buying apartment buildings. He did not help me with the tactical information to buy apartment buildings. That's not what he did. What he, what he did was convince me, why not you? Mm. Every time I ran into a roadblock when it came to buy, trying to buy my first apartment building or mobile home community, my immediate motion was to go back to single family. Man, I was good at single family. Let me just go back there. We, we place these limiting beliefs, and some of it draws from exactly what I said before, parents and peers. We place these limiting beliefs on ourselves that we can't do certain things. And then just like the Steve Jobs example that I was giving you, we can do whatever the F we want to do. You can go as far as your mind will take you. 
how does Elon Musk, I love that guy, not because of what he does, but because of his brashness to do it. I'm going to create rockets, even though the U.S. federal government does it, and I'm going to do it better. <laughs> what? Like, who? Really? Uh, okay, so my mindset, uh, in 2015, I was deployed overseas right. uh, in Turkey. I fell in love with the Mediterranean and Aegean Sea region. And in my mind, I'm like, I need to live here. I need, there's something about this place that is resonating with me, and I don't understand it, but it makes me smile when I am here. Love that. It is now 2021. I'm building property in Cyprus, in the Mediterranean, and I go back and forth on a monthly basis. What right does an immigrant kid from Boston, Massachusetts have building real estate on an island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea? None, but my mind said I was going to do it. You get rid of those limiting beliefs and you figure out a system by which you can accomplish your goals. I love that. I just I love your, your brashness to go and take these actions and do them. Um, but it's very clear also that that was a muscle built over time. It's right? built. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I wasn't like, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't this. Uh, when you get to a certain level of financial freedom, and I'm not talking millions, I'm talking a little bit of more passive income than expenses. When you get to a little bit of financial freedom and then you realize that your time is unconstrained, that you are hashtag uncaged, as my man Matt Doan says, who's a friend of mine from LinkedIn, you start to realize how powerful you are. Because nobody can tell you what to do except for your parents and your God, if you want. You build that muscle over time. But I will admit, in my 20s and 30s, because I had this mindset or some version of it, <clears throat> and I was executing on the real estate stuff, getting up just like my man Dan Russo on a Saturday so I could go deal with tenants, termites, and toilets. For 15 years on my own while the fellas were out at the bars and having fun and all that type of stuff. It was harsh it was depressing i was entrepreneurially depressed i didn't realize it at the time i was pushing so hard for a certain goal uh i feel like i almost broke myself in a way when i look back on it now self-managing 35 properties while being a street cop at night while being a full-time executive during the day while being a father to an autistic autistic kid while having my new kid pop up on this planet Yet I was doing all that stuff and sleeping in the cracks. Uh, that's not, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not going to complain about my schedule anymore. <laughs> Brother, it's, it, 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 it wasn't normal, but that should give you some insight into my belief that life should be what we want it to be. Yeah. I wanted to be a cop so bad. I wanted real estate so bad. But I wanted all of it because of those, what I understand now are those freedom principles. I, I had a purpose. I wanted time freedom. I wanted wealth. I wanted to give back to my community. I wanted to take massive amounts of equity and go change people's lives. So you just get rid of all the limiting beliefs and you just start executing. And I, so, I don't, you know, the reason I brought up the depression stuff is because I don't want people to think like, oh, entrepreneurialism is an easy thing and you go do it. No, it it's horrible sometimes. It is literally horrible sometimes. But when I look back on the journey, I would have never changed any of it because now I find myself in a place where I'm helping people through someone like you trying to give good information. So, um, you know, it can be a tough thing, too. Absolutely. I, I think there's this uh, glorification of entrepreneurship and founding a company and, you know, doing all this stuff nowadays. And I'm someone who... Um, 
was uh, attracted to that very early in my yeah. career. I'm 27 now, and when I was you know 21, 22, just coming out of school, all I wanted to do was just to be an entrepreneur. I had no idea why. I just wanted to do it because that's what I saw all these people that I deemed successful on LinkedIn and Instagram. That's what I saw them doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to do it to do it. And it, it actually was it was it was kind of toxic, you know, because what you didn't realize was, you know, the backbone and the work that goes into it on the back end. I don't think that um, back then, I think there's more of it now, people are showcasing the actual work. People like yourself who are putting out content on social media platforms, whether it's a LinkedIn or an Instagram or a TikTok, wherever that might be, they're yeah. actually sharing the real stuff that goes along with, you know, the, you know, now Maurice at 46 who has, you know, all these, you know, different, um, you know, revenue streams, right? And, and all this, you know, this real estate and all this freedom, but they don't, there's a lot of people didn't talk about the 15 years that you put no. in, like you just said, that's no. so right. Right. Uh, it took 23 years to become an instant success. Right. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm glad you say that there is a glorification of certain things. Nothing worth having just comes in an instant. That's why right. people who win the lottery just lose all their money all the time. Yeah. There's no muscle for how to engage with it or how to deal with money. Money is a skill. You don't just get it and all of a sudden you're free. You have to understand how to manage that and make it grow and all those things. So, yeah, you're right. There's a glorification of it. And thank you for acknowledging the work. I still have a lot of work to do, but I am just better at it nowadays. When you say that you're better at it, how do you balance the hard work that you need to put in? Yeah. But also, you know, you said that you're obviously a family man. You yeah. are entrenched in your community. How do you balance, um, you know, the, the, the purposes that are sort of, you know, more on the home front in the personal life versus, you know, the need that you need to fulfill on the business end? Um, you know, you said you felt for a little while you were perhaps, you know, not doing it that well. Was right. there a point that you hit that you said, I need to start doing this um, better? I need to find more balance? Or were you just financially successful at a point and then you started to be able to become more balanced? I'm pausing on purpose. I, you know, over the past five years, uh, I was... I think awareness has kicked in a lot over the past five years for me. I'm very aware, and I, I do want to talk to you about those freedom principles because now I organize my life around them. Mm. I don't think there's work-life balance. I don't think it exists. People who are driven and have a purpose, they just go. I will say that when I was in the military, being a police officer, pushing real estate, my kids and my family suffered a bit because I was always on the go. And I recognize that now, especially now today. The reason I retired last year at 46, even though I was making the most money I was ever making, was because it was time to stop. It was time to give time towards life-related goals. My, my goals now, I have this hashtag for 2022. It's a personal hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag HLI which is home lifestyle investment. I love that. I am I, I bought a cottage on the water for my kids so we can, you know, we live in Maryland, but I, I'm a water guy. Remember I told you about the Aegean Sea, the Mediterranean, and something yep. felt good? Right, so I bought a cottage on the water here 
I found it while I was on patrol at 12.30 in the morning looking at an email a realtor had sent me, which is crazy. <laughs> I, I did that. I'm renovating my regular house, humble home. I, I, you know, I don't buy big stuff or whatever. I'm renovating my regular home. I am spending a shit ton of time with my 9-year-old now. My 22-year-old, I just bought him a car. I set him up for life. Everything now is truly about creating lifestyle because for all that time that I was hustling... I really never, I did take care of life, but I didn't invest in lifestyle, right? You don't want to wait till you're 68 years old to do that type of stuff. No. You don't want to wait till you're 68 years old to take your nine-year-old to Greenland like we're going to do this summer, you know? That's awesome. Um, I, so, I, no, I, 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 I never had, I don't think I had really good balance, my man. And uh, nowadays I do because I have awareness but I have awareness and ability because I have set up all the systems that I need to execute those freedom principles. I have zero physical footprint. I just have a digital footprint. I can disappear for four months and operate my businesses. I built a lifestyle I don't need a vacation from, and that's why I can do it better nowadays. I think this is as good as time as any to dive into these freedom principles because yeah. – it's very clear that those are the pillars that are, have allowed you to build the systems, like you said, to have yeah. maybe not perhaps a balanced life, but, you know, a one that you, you know, feel as though you're able to intentionally invest your time where yep. you want it to be. So yep. and, I would love for you to um, dive into those. What are your freedom principles? And um, if you could explain them, I think that would be. Fantastic. Yeah. And you said the right word, Dan. The right word is intentional. I have intentionality. It's not the freedom principles. It's not that I knew exactly these principles 15 years ago. It's that I was executing something and I didn't know the framework, but I figured out the framework over the past few years. So there's a few principles, financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom, freedom to execute on your purpose, and freedom to build meaningful relationships. Financial freedom for me is just having more passive income than expenses. That's it. You can have, I know people right now that have created... Streams of five or six grand a month, which is not a ton, but they have two grand in expenses and they're living in Tahiti or Portugal or Alabama or whatever. They do not go to the normal nine to five because they understood the basic concept. If you have more financial, excuse me, more passive income than expenses, you are free. You don't need 20 million. You just need more passive income than you have expenses. Robert Kiyosaki has been trying to tell us for 20 years. Okay, that's the first principle. Time free. People have the misconception that you need to have 20 million dollars why do you think that is? oh easy commercialism the image on tv the instagram photo the private jet the ferrari why yeah i could probably go out and buy 20 mercedes cash right now if i want but i'm looking at my 2005 infinity that i've had since 2008 outside my window <laughs> drives fine it's 175 grand in fact when I sold a condo, uh, I sold a condo a few years ago, and I, I netted 50 grand, and I'm like, man, I really want a Tesla, like bad. I wanted one. I went to the dealer, I looked at it, I went home, and I bought $50,000 worth of Tesla stock instead. I could not, I, 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 don't get me wrong, if you want a car, buy a car, but I built the muscle over the year that I'm more concerned about financial freedom and legacy than I am about commercial crap. That's why people have it all messed up. Right. People have the image of the CEO, the corner office, the Mercedes, uh, going to work in the five-piece suit and all that type of stuff. 
when we just needed a, we just need a little. We're not taught in school, man. We're not. That's financial freedom. And because of financial freedom, you can get time freedom. Time freedom is your ability to make money divorced from your you physically having to be somewhere. I don't need to physically be somewhere right now, right? That is time that creates time freedom. Time freedom is you have that passive income so you don't have to go to K Street in Washington DC on Monday morning at 7 a.m. on the train with 10,000 people. Time freedom is I don't have weekends anymore. I just have days. Time freedom is uh, I can run my business and you know what? I'm not going to work for the next 10 days, although I that's not possible for me. I need I I like what I do. So we <laughs> It's but not your DNA. It's not my DNA. I, but I want to make this statement. And I hope it absorbs to people. We need time to. We need time to experience this big blue planet the way we were intended to. We need time. If we are stuck in an office from seven a.m. to seven p.m. every day, eating Subway sandwich for lunch, we are not down the street hanging out with a good friend that we're going to build a relationship with, or over in Portugal exploring. The Atlantic on that side of the planet, right? Time freedom is very important. Geographic freedom is a sneaky one, but one of the best things I ever found. I tend, I coach a lot of people. I tend to, starting back when I was 15 years old, I see now that if you, if you are mobile in life, you tend to be more happy. Mm. There is nothing wrong with having a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood and being grounded. Where I find that we get stuck in the race and feel like nonsense is where we, we have so much crap. Like five cars in the driveway, five mortgage payments, uh, you buying commercial shit, you don't even have a place to put it in your house. You have 48 pairs of sneakers. You need geographic freedom. And geographic could be your ability to go to the next city or you, it could be your ability to go to the next country. For me, it's usually the next country. But how do you do that if your mail is coming to your house, if you have to be in the office, if you, whatever? Digital nomads have actually gotten it right. Mm. The reason why they're so rich is not because they're making 35000 traveling around the world. It's because they are having experiences while making just enough money to take care of their basic needs, right? So the way that I execute on geographic freedom, my mail is virtual. I don't get mail anywhere. All my business and personal mail comes in on an inline, online interface. I use probably like 50 or so app, apps and business processes around my business, Quattro Capital. I have zero employees. I have 20 partners, a bunch of property managers, and I can pick my family up and go back to the Mediterranean and stay there for four months and execute on anything. Geographic freedom matters. And I know I've been going, but the last two are purpose and relationships. I didn't become a police officer because I for the money. I became a police officer because there was something in me that wanted to be part of my local community. That was it. I am more free and more rich because I was a police officer for 15 years than any amount of money could ever give me. What I did for people, saving their lives, being part of their family, responding to their home because mom is home with the two kids, dad's at work and there's a burglar in the house. That purpose that I got to execute on it gave me more than I can explain to you. Mm. Now my purpose is uh, philanthropy work that I do overseas, which I'll explain later if we have time. And then the last thing is relationships. We need relationships to grow. 
the reason I'm in the Mediterranean now doing business is not because I, I'm incredibly intelligent. I have no idea what I'm doing there. I'm, I'm transacting business in Greek, Turkish, and uh, using British law. I found a business partner who's now a really good friend. I built a meaningful relationship with him because that felt like the next chapter for me. So I, I intentionally seek relationships that I can give to people or they can give to me. But if we are stuck at the office 12 hours a day and we're exhausted and we got to go home and we drink two Miller Lights and go to bed and press repeat every day, then we don't have freedom to build meaningful relationships. So those are the five. Financial, time, geographic, freedom to execute on your purpose, and freedom to build meaningful relationships. I mean, that is, if there was a roadmap for life, it feels like that's it. <laughs> Maybe. I think it helps a lot of people when, when they hear that. Because you don't need financial freedom to be free. You can execute freedom in many different ways. It's not about money. Money certainly helps. I want it because it makes the world go round. But we can be free substantially in very different ways. Absolutely. And I love that you make that distinguishing uh, you know, factor between each of the different you know, freedoms that you see in your yeah. own life. Because I think uh, you know, often people hear the term financial freedom and you know, just like real estate, right? It's big, it's scary. And you know, it's something that uh, doesn't feel feasible, right? Um, I'm yep. someone who pays yep. attention a lot to content like that on LinkedIn, be it yours or you know, John Marty, who you know, I've also had on the podcast. Um, and you know, having these conversations invigorate me but often I feel as though, or, or seeing that content invigorates me, but often I feel like there's a little bit of a, of a hangover <laughs> that comes from that yeah, as well, yeah. because you know you get um, almost a little bit inundated and overwhelmed when really the key to that freedom is to just take the one step in front of the other with whatever it is that you're currently building, that's that, you know, that end to you know your job or, yes. or your, you know, your main, you know, your main um, you know, kind of uh, income stream to you know, continue to build that thing that that little bit extra that you're yep. that you're working on. For me, it's the podcast. For you, it seems to be it was real estate. Yeah, uh, it was other businesses too, but it was mainly real estate. But I want to give you and your listeners a, a hack. Okay, please. There is too much information out there, as you just noted. Remember when I told you I did condos for two thousand two to two thousand fifteen? Yeah, I stayed with condos. I never wavered. There were ways I could have made way more money. Other things popped up along the way, but I just stuck with the, the method of buying them and paying them off over time. It was inefficient, it was slow, but it worked. I tend to grab on to two or three principled examples, and until I finish executing within those examples, I don't look at other stuff. So the people I tend to, to listen to right now is Gary Vaynerchuk related to social media, right? Uh, not so much Grant Cardone, but Gary Vaynerchuk related to social media. There's a book called Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins where he interviewed 25 of the most amazing financial minds in the past century. It's not I'm not a big Tony Robbins type of guy, but the people he interviewed and the way he did it in that book, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. And then one or two people related to real estate. The, oh, sorry, one more. Uh, lifestyle design, Tim Ferriss. I just follow their methodology. Cryptocurrency, NFTs, all this other stuff going on. I get it. Pick something and execute. The people are doing this. They're, they're jumping from thing to thing, trying to get rich quick or 
be the next Steve Jobs or people lack the best two business partners in the world, which is patience and consistency. If you just stick with one thing, eventually you are going to get somewhere. But the problem is people get so impatient getting there, they jump off and go start something new. So you never get, excuse me, you never get anywhere. That is a a self-taught life hack that I just wanted to put out there. Just information diet, man. Two or three principled approaches, execute on it. Give yourself five, ten years with it and see what happens. Is there anything that you do in order to block out other information from the people that you just met or other than the people that you just mentioned? Do you mute people on social media? Do you just spend less time on social media? How are you going about being intentional about blocking out other noise and staying, you know, with those people that you're getting that information from? I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, you, man, I'm getting all passionate. I'm losing my voice and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good I don't, <laughs> I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. Uh, barely ever I watch the news. Um, I follow certain people on social media. I And if I see something new... Don't get me wrong. I pay attention to new things, mm-hmm. but I don't ingrain myself in trying to figure out every new little thing here and there and everywhere. You, you remember that, that, that I said uh, when I was in the Mediterranean, it resonated resonated with me. Yeah. When I learned about being a police officer, it resonated with me. When I found the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss in 2010, it resonated with me so much. I don't even know where it is. I still have that book. It's all written up. I reread it probably once a quarter. I am still executing on what he said in that book. Now, he has many other things that you can do now. But I... Oh, my laptop is on it. That's where it is. It, my, it, it, <laughs> I... I just pay attention to those things and I want to get so good at good at them that I can repeat them and go forward and go forward. Yeah. If we don't practice some kind of information diet at this point, we're screwed. We are screwed. There is so much information everywhere for every and here's here's a funny lastly, you know I said the the condo thing. I still have them. I still have all all, all the the I think I still have 15 of those original ones, 15. And they're all still paid off. So many times People have said, well, why don't you just sell them, use the equity, and you can go build more and more. Well, no shit. I know I can do that. I know how to do that. But they, <laughs> they work. It worked for my goals, for my life. Right. You've got to find something that works for your goals, something that resonates with you, something that feels right, and then execute on it. And I told you, peers, screw you. Hey, dude, I'm doing this. You should come do this with me. No, man, this is a better way to do it. No, this is the right way to do it. No, do it your way. Find the thing that resonates with you and execute on that. I love that because not only is it something, it's just great advice because you need to feel, I think, passionate about the thing that you're doing, right? You need to to be ingrained in it. Otherwise, you're going to quit very quickly. (laughs) It's not some, because it's going to be hard work. Right. It's not going to be easy. And in order to get through those times, right, it's not, you know, motivation. Right. Like, you know, motivation is very fleeting. It's, I think, purpose and enjoyment of the of the process. Yes. Um, I'm trying to, you know, ingrain in myself more. And it feels like you, you know, you very much um, were able to do that, you know, yourself. I 
I'm very curious about the chapter of your life as a, as a police officer. Um, yeah. That's something that's near and dear to my heart. I'm not, I've never been a police officer, but my mom um, was uh, NYPD for 20 years. Oh, uh, right on, bro. A lot of my family is, um, you know, NYPD uh, as well. And so it's just always something that's been, um, you know, in our family dynamic. And it's, you know, first of all, thank you for your service, both in the, in the military and as a police officer. Um, yeah. What, what called you to, to do that? Um, I know you yeah. said that you wanted to be part of your community, but I want to, like, peel that back a little bit because it's just so, it's so interesting to me because you already had a full life going on. You're yeah. Working at this consulting firm. You've got a family, right? You're raising two kids. Um, what, what called you to go do that at that time? Remember I told you I found those purposes and one of them was being loved by a community? Yeah. When, when, when I was, so in the military... <clears throat> Uh, I was in the Air Force, and every military organization has a federal law enforcement arm. So think FBI. So like the TV show NCIS, right? The, uh, that's the FBI, but in the Navy. The, the yeah. Air Force's version of it is OSI, Office of Special Investigation. So I was a federal agent in that agency, and I was running a field office for my, for my uh, organization in western Turkey in, in 2015. Man, my job was not really law enforcement at the time. My job was more liaison and connecting with people and the Turkish National Police. We needed their assistance, cooperation, and dynamic for what the Air Force was doing in Turkey. You, you want to make sure your people are safe. So part of that is doing a lot of liaison work so when shit happens, someone is available to help you, right? Got it. I was impacting... I was impacting their opinion of the U.S. based on my style. They, 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 they felt different about, man, who's this kind of cool dude coming from, the, coming from the East Coast and he's a brother and he loves our country and he's, he's trying to be a good diplomat and all that. All right, all that to say, I was really doing something special. So when I got back from being deployed, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was in Turkey and then I went to East Africa for a year. Between those two places, when I got back from being deployed, I got back to corporate life, and I'm like, this sucks. Like, I, <laughs> I, I didn't like it. Yeah. So I was doing a search warrant one day in D.C. I've kind of mixed the story up, but I was doing a search warrant one day in D.C., and it happened to be with the local police department in the area where I lived, just randomly. Yeah. And I was just talking to them, and I'm like, <clears throat> they were telling me how they was in car chases, and he saved a kid's life, and I want, I want to do that. Like, that feels right to me. Remember, I told you the feeling. Right. So in, in, in um, I talked to my boss at work. I'm like, look, I'm about to quit to go be a police officer. She's like, you're going to give up 80% of your salary to go be a cop? Yeah. Well, that amazing woman found a way for me to do both. We never really told HR. And I went to Day Police Academy. I became a street cop. I patrolled at night from 8.30 to 6.30 in the morning, and then I would sleep for maybe an hour or two, and I'd get up and I'd go to the office, and I would sleep at lunchtime, and then I might go sleep in the car from 3 to 4, and then go back in the office. Oh, my God. I wanted it so bad, man, because I we have 28,000 days on this planet, roughly. Average life is 80 years old. That's 28,000 days. It's not a lot of time. You got to do what makes you happy. You can't just follow other people's definition of what you are supposed to be. You got to do what speaks to you. So 15 years later, damn, I've been a cop for 15 years while I was doing all this other stuff. I gave to my community, but they gave more to me. 
I executed on my purpose. It makes even talking about it is making me. Uh, oof. Even talking about it makes me emotional because you help people, and then they see you two years later and they hug you. You know what I mean? It's got to be an incredible feeling. I'm not even a cop anymore. I retired in September September 30th of last year. Yeah. I still get calls from citizens that I helped in the past. And then I'll, I'll no, what you need? Da, 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 da. And I'll call some of my boys who are still on the department and I'll, and I'll help them out one way or the other. So that's just how it all materialized, man. And <clears throat> I left last year for the reasons I told you. Like I needed to be with my kids. I have this stuff to do overseas. It was time. And frankly, 25 years being a federal agent, lieutenant colonel, and then a police officer, and I never got hurt for all the high-speed chases, foot chases, shootings that I was in. I never got hurt. It was time to pack it in before something bad happened. Like, I, I did my time serving, and I'm, I'm proud of it. That's incredible. I mean, just, just the fact that, I mean, the fact that you were, you've worn, you wear so many hats, right, <clears throat> in real estate within corporate, but it you know, really appears to me at least, you know, in the short time that I've gotten to know you in this conversation that the thing that you're most emotionally tied to was your service um, oh, yeah. you know, to our country, to, you know, your local community. Um, you know, just thank you again for that, because I think it's something that, um, you know, is not too often um, displayed in the correct light. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. For in sure. These, in these days. And we don't have to delve, you know, too deeply into that. But I just um, just want to say thank you because, again, it's something that's near and dear to, to my heart and my family. Um, and it's something that I definitely wanted to touch on because I know that you, you know, you spent 15 years of your life doing it and had a deep passion for it. Um, yeah, yeah, your mom knows. I mean, you know. Your mom knows. It's not. I'm talking about the good cops, okay? There's idiots out there doing the job just like any career. But the good men and women... That's why it's a very touchy thing when people start asking me or talking to me about bad stuff in police. I know there's bad stuff there, but all I really know is my brothers and sisters who are out there from 8.30 p.m. to, to uh, 6.30 in the morning who allow you and I to sleep in ignorant bliss while they're dealing with shit on the street. Yep. And those people have kids at home that they got to get up. They got to get them, get up, get them to school and all those. They're... Public service is one of those things that you are called to do, and there is no amount of dollars that can pay people for what they have to go through doing the job. I'll leave it there, but you're, you're, for all the real estate, for all the money, for all the whatever, it's not the money. It's what you can do with the money to help people. In public service, it's what you do with your time to help people. Everything in this life is about helping people, and the more you impact people, the more it gives to you. The more I help residents on the real estate side and give them a quality place to live, the more money I receive. The more value I give them, the more money I receive. Everything is about helping people. When you start to figure out that and stop being selfish, you start to realize, man, you can do a lot of beautiful things on this planet and be paid extremely well for it, whether it's money or experience or feeling good or what have you. And that's probably the emotion you're getting from me is like, I figured out helping people is the best way to exist, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that's such a powerful thing to um, realize because at the end of the day, right, like, you know, the money, the house, the things that we have, um, you know, they're, they're, 
next to nothing when it comes to the relationships and the people that we have. Exactly. Exactly. I think that can get lost a lot of times. Right. Yep. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a great, um, you know, kind of grounding belief to have when you get to come back to that idea of I'm here to help people, not necessarily to accumulate more, more crap. (laughs) You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Anyways, I know I went off on a tangent and got a little emotional there, but, uh, you know, that, that stuff matters. No, this is a free-flowing conversation, so I'm glad that we went there. Um, I want to turn it back to real estate for a second, or just yeah. or, or just freedom principles in general. Uh-huh. If uh-huh. someone is hearing this and they're saying, wow, Maurice has it figured out. He's he's done it, right? You know, he's he spent these 23 years, you know, building his success, et cetera, right? I, you know, and, and we've talked about it in a way that it shouldn't be intimidating, but I could see someone, you know, coming out of this conversation you know, having that hangover that we talked about from information and content, how, what, what would be the first thing that you would tell someone to do to just start, whether it's in real estate or just to start building that financial freedom, that passive income that you've been talking about? Um, would it be in real estate? Would it be in something else? Or is it a mental switch that they need to, that they need to do? What's like the first steps that you would tell them to take? It's self-education. It's self-education. It has to be because Nowhere in our formal educational journey are these types of things taught. Uh, people, th- this stuff is not difficult. I, I am not. I'm. I'm. I was a solid B minus student. Uh, there was not like there's nothing special about me at all, except for I had a knack. I had and have a knack for educating myself on a topic and just going. Mm. So if someone wants to start in the real estate space, pick up a book, one book, one, read it. You cannot listen to one 40-minute podcast and know what everything to do. You have to self-educate. So, dude, how did you figure out um, apartment complexes so fast? Why is it that we will pay $80,000 for an English degree, but we won't pay $5,000 to go to a seminar to educate yourself? We are ass backwards. Mm-hmm. I bought a seminar. I went to it for three days. Of course, they tried to upsell me on many things. This product, that I don't care. The basic information was there. I sat and I listened from the front row. As a how old was I? Shit, this is this is 2016. So this is what seven years ago, about six seven years ago, roughly. So I was 39. I educated myself from the moment of that seminar to buying my own first multifamily was two years. I've done 28, 29, 30 since. Wow. It is just self-education. Did you know, you don't know this, for a multifamily complex has nothing to do with your personal credit. Zero. Zero. At all, actually, no. Right. Single family has to do with your personal credit. People are like, dude, I don't make enough money. I can't. Uh, there are people buying apartment complexes right now who have zero money. You know what they need? A sponsor. A sponsor is someone like me now who has the net worth, liquidity, and experience to qualify for the loan. The loan is secured by the property itself. You mess up with the property, the bank takes the property. They don't come after you personally. But you don't know that. People don't know that. Because they're not self-educated. You can go do a house hack. You can get an FHA loan to do your own. Look, buy a single family home. Live in it. Get an FHA, 3% down. 
Three hundred thousand dollars. That's fifteen grand. You can save fifteen grand at work. Yes, you can. Don't tell me you can't. Buy the place. Prepare. Think about it. Think about your exit strategy. Figure out how much you can rent that place for. Make sure the mortgage is less than that rent. Live in it for a year. Move out. Do it again. It is not difficult. So for someone who's trying to start, it comes with self-education. Not listening to 38 different methodologies. Just find one or two that make sense to you. Learn it. You want to accelerate your time frame? Get a mentor. Get a coach. Get someone who's done it before so you don't have to go through their trials and tribulations and start executing. Um, that's what I would tell someone who's trying to get started. Awesome. Do you, once someone does that, is there a, there's no trick here, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out just how to phrase this yeah. question, but how it just, there's, 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 this, there's this barrier to just executing, I think. And yes, there is. Is it a realization that you don't have to do it all at once? Is that what it is? Because I'm just I'm just trying to figure out like how do you get somebody to execute? I guess you can get somebody to execute, but like you can't do it for them. But how how would how, like you know how do you how do you just execute? How do you work hard day in day out? Uh, dude, you, you uh, I'm gonna give you an example, but there has to be some level of self motivation. Yeah, I cannot. So when I coach people now, like I do formal coaching on freedom principles. If I have to dive into real estate, great. But my coaching is around creating a lifestyle you don't need a vacation from. So I have a coaching student right now. He's an executive. He is doing real estate. But where I'm spending the most amount of time with him is geographic freedom. Mm. His mental muscle, I said to him, uh, this is over time, but I have expressed that I binge traveled a lot, meaning I would leave D.C. On a, on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. I would fly to Helsinki, Finland, and I would stay Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night. I would come back on Monday, and it might cost me five, six hundred bucks for the entire weekend. I could go to the bar in D.C. and blow five, six hundred bucks very, very easily as yeah. well, but that's how I did it. The reason I would do stuff like that is because I wanted constant learning, as I told you. All right, so this guy, he's an amazing human, but he can't wrap his mind around the fact that he can get up and go. He lives in Jersey. It's a hub for United. So I've been coaching him on travel hacking and how to do certain things. So now what he's getting ready to do, next week or the week after, he's leaving to go to the Canary Islands. I'm going to get him to, to go to the Canary Islands in Spain, live at a co-working, co, co-working, co-living facility. There's this thing called Outsite. Your folks should check it out, O-U-T-S-I-T-E dot C-O. It's just places around the world where there's Dans and Moes who think differently about life and you can live there and you can work from there and they're in amazing, awesome locations. I'm like, dude, you work remote. Go experience the world while you are working remote. And he said, um, man, I'm going to plan a trip in the summer. Why? Why not next Thursday? You can work from anywhere in the world. He's like, oh. So and I, then, then what I did to get him to do it was to express something that I knew that would resonate with him. Right. You are working, you are getting up, you're working four hours, you're opening your door, you're exploring the Canary Islands, you meet the hot girl down at the bar, you meet amazing guys who end up being your friends, you stayed there a week, and now you are emotional about the fact that you have to leave. Because you've been executing your business while you are learning something in a different place. You have to find certain things that key people to push, 
but there has to be some level of self-motivation to even want to explore things like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it can come in two ways, self-motivation and then finding things that resonate with people. Awesome. Maurice, this has been such an incredible conversation, um, and I just want to take a second to acknowledge you for just being one, I think, 100% of yourself. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> There's been a second on this podcast that you just haven't brought 100% of your energy. Um, and I love that fact um, because it's not easy to do, especially once once record is it. I'm still trying to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, bring my full personality on this podcast. And I think I'm getting closer with each episode. Um, but thank you for being 100% of yourself and also for just bringing such a wealth of knowledge that I know is going to impact um you know, listeners' lives for sure. It's already impacted mine. So thank you so much uh, for, for I that. I have one more question for you. Um, and it is, uh, what is your definition of growth? Oof. Growth. <sighs> That's a good one, man. I don't know if I have... Uh, outright definition i i know that i am constantly growing because i feel plugged in i and maybe that's it right maybe so maybe i'm getting to my definition here my definition of growth would be that i am constantly realizing that i am experiencing life in this planet as it was intended mm. That is that that might be a very difficult concept for people to understand. I I don't know how to explain this to you outside of I don't have weekend like today's Saturday, but it's not a Saturday for me. It's just a day. <clears throat> I'm gonna get on a plane not next week, but the week following, and I'm gonna be in three different countries doing crazy stuff. My kid has spring break. I think we're getting on a train to just go across the country. Um, I am raising money from investors across the world and we're doing huge deals together. I'm not worried about a title, I'm worried about experiences. I have grown a lot and I think I'm aware of my growth because I'm experiencing the planet in a way that resonates with me. Not what someone told me to be, not with, not with what my parents told me to be, not Mark from my old company who told me I needed to be a senior manager no, I am executing and plugging into this planet in a way that is beyond my wildest dreams so I know that I'm growing. So my definition would be you are feeling like you are executing life the way that is intended for you when you came into existence. That would be growth for me. I love it. Maurice, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure, dude. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thank you so incredibly much for listening to today's episode. It means the world to me, and I'm so grateful for any member of this audience. If you found today's episode valuable, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you're listening to this show. Subscribe to the show, rate us five stars, and drop us a review if you can. It would mean the world to me. Remember, you are valuable, you are worthy, and you are already enough. Now let's go out there and grow together.